boomerangatangs and all you boomtastic people. Did y'all have a good Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Woo-woo. Alrighty. Well, we are going to jump right into our class, but let's start off with prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings, your mercy, and your love. And Lord, we just come today open and ready to receive from you. We thank you, Lord, that you are always leading us in triumph. We thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet. And so, Father, we come today to hear your word, to be guided by you, to grow in you, so that we can be a blessing both to you and for you. And we thank you and we praise you for it. We thank you that we'll re- we will receive everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the class this morning is God's Kind of Love, Part 1, which means we could go to Part 2 or Part 12. You just never know with Boomerang. It's a good class. So I'm going to go ahead and read, because remember these are the ones that we are reading. This is the um, Discipleship Evangelism series by Andrew Womack that anybody can do. Even a trained monkey can read. So, ooh, ooh. Okay, here we go. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, Now abideth faith, hope, charity, or love. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Then 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Follow after charity, and yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. The Bible says to follow after love, pursue it, and make it your highest aim. Some translations say to make it your greatest quest. It's the only thing we'll take out of life into eternity. We won't take our cars, our homes, or our money, but we will take the love that Jesus has imparted into our lives by the Holy Spirit. Love is the only thing that has eternal value and substance. And I'm going to jump in here and make this longer and say, Love is the only thing that we can take, but it's really the only thing that we can leave. You know, I can give gifts and gifts and gifts to my kids, but if I am just a horrible person and I'm just throwing stuff at them to appease them, they are not going to care about those gifts. What they're going to remember is how I made them feel. When you go to work and you work with somebody, what they're going to remember is how you made them feel. Love is the only thing that you can leave as well. What does love really mean? I say, I love my, lo- my wife. I love ice cream. I love apple pie. There's only one word in English to describe love. So when I say I love my wife and then I say I love the cat, is my wife impressed? Not at all. Do you see what I'm saying? When we use the word love, some people think it means sex. Some think it means intense, warm feeling. People have all kinds of definitions for love. In the Greek language, there are four major words. One is eros, which really is not used in the Bible and is defined as sexual attraction or sexual love. God ordained that kind of love when he said, A man shall leave his mother and father, cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The book in the Bible entitled Song of Solomon is about sexual love that God has restricted to the marriage relationship. The other kinds of love, God says, are free to be used by all mankind. But eros is restricted to marriage only. Another kind of love is called storage, and it's the natural bond or affection in a family relationship. Then there is phileo. Y'all remember, I'm Southern, so if I'm pronouncing these words wrong, love me anyways. Then there is phileo, which comes from the root word 
philia. This word is used about 72 times in the New Testament. And it's a warm feeling of affection that comes and goes in intensity. Most people who talk about love think that what real, that is what love really is. So I fall in and I fall out of love. If your marriage is built on that kind of love, then there will be times when you have time, high times and there will be times when you have lows. You can fall in and out of love based on that. The Bible says that we're to love each other with God's kind of love. This is agape love. What is agape love? There are many facets, and in 1 Corinthians 13 gives the whole definition of what love involves. In 1 John 5, 3 it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Jesus' commandments show us expressions of love, but if I were going to sum it up, I would use Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that man should do to you, do ye, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. It's not a matter of all these people down at the church who don't love me, don't care about me, and this and that. No, the Bible says whatever you would want someone to do for you, you do it to them first. That is love. It goes against our flesh and our natural grain to seek welfare and benefit other people above ourselves. It takes God. Don't think I'm saying this can be manifested with this can be manifested without God. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love and God is love. He is the source of love and the one who will show us how to love through his commandments. He's the one who will give us strength. Even in, light, even in light of our flesh, to make the right choices and decisions and act on the right principles. One day, I wanted to go and pray as I usually did after work. I was in the park, and I said, God, I really want to minister to someone. It was a fairly warm day, and I saw a little boy and a little girl sitting on the swings. There was a swing open, so I went over, and I got in the swing. I turned to the little girl, and I said, it's a nice day, isn't it? She said to me, me no speak English. And I said, where are you from? She said she was from Romania. I knew there were Romanians in that area, and I saw these people looking at me, probably wonder why I was talking to their children. I went over and I said, I want to help you. And they said, you want to help us? Why would you want to help us? You don't even know us. I said, because God wants to help you. I had been meditating on the principles of love in 1 John 3.18, where it says, Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We're not to love with the words of our mouths only, but also with our actions. Although I don't usually carry money with me, that day I had a little in my pocket. I reached out and said, this is for you, and gave them the money. Since I'd been fasting that day, I had a little bit of food with me, and I said, and here's some food for your family. They were touched and said, who are you? I told them, God has made a divine appointment for us to meet today, and I'm going to see you again. I went home and told my wife about the encounter with these Romanians. I took a roast out of the freezer and cooked it. The next day, I bought a box full of dishes at a garage sale and went back to the park with my wife. The Romanians and their children were there. I said, I bring gifts to you. They're heavy, so I'm going to get in my car, and if you'll show me where you live, I'll take these gifts to your home. When we got to their little one-bedroom apartment, I took the dishes and silverware, everything matched, out of the box, and began to give to them one at a time. As I handed it to them, tears began to stream down their face. And the lady said, Me going to cry, me going to cry. I said, On Monday night, we have a Bible study at our home, and I would like to invite you there. They said, 
we want to come. But I said, I don't want you to come because I gave you gifts. And they replied, no, we want to come and meet your friends. Since they didn't have transportation, I picked them up and took them to my home. And before long, God began to touch them. They couldn't speak English very well, but he touched them when we prayed for them. The love of God was being manifested to them. Before long, we met another Romanian couple, and I said to the first couple, Will you go and help me meet another Romanian couple? They agreed, and I got a call from them. Mr. Don, we heard about you. We have the lonely so bad, and we want to meet you. So I took my Romanian friends, and we went to meet them. I took gifts, food, and all kinds of things to them. As I did that and began to visit them, everything was great until one of the first Romanian couple said, You need to go to the Bible study. They talk about Jesus, and it's wonderful. They said, Wait a minute. We come from a communist country and don't know if there is a God. We don't want this Jesus stuff. I said, Let me be a friend. And began to take them out on the weekends, buy them coats, clothes, things they needed. They were embarrassed and reluctant. Well, don't you need a coat? Well, yeah. Then let's get this coat for you. I began to love them in action, but they wouldn't come over to the Bible study until I said, there are probably some Americans who will want to help you get a job. Then they came right away. At the Bible study that night, I said something very foolish to the Lord. Lord, you're going to have to give me a genuine gift of tongues because tonight we can't even communicate with each other very well. There were some Americans at the Bible study that night who gave their testimonies. When I began to speak, the lady from the second Romanian couple began to lighten up, and I knew that something was happening. After the study, I said, let me pray for you. As we prayed, God suddenly touched them and filled the whole atmosphere of the room with his love. Then the lady said, you know, when the Americans were speaking, I couldn't understand anything they were saying. But when you got up and started speaking about Jesus, his love for us, what he did for us so that we could have a relationship with him, I could understand every word. I understood it perfectly. It must be God. As a result, all of our lives were changed, and not just the Romanians. My home began to fill on Monday nights with international people. Romanians, Bulgarians, people from Russia, God was changing lives and they knew we loved them. We even had people from Africa. Though we hardly speak to each other, one thing we knew, when we prayed, God would manifest himself to them. They also knew that I would do anything for them and that I love them. God changed their lives and the lives of many other people. It happened because one day in a park, I saw people of another color, another nationality. I didn't have any warm feeling of affection, but I knew that love was this. Whatever you would want someone to do to you, do it to them. I sought their welfare and benefit regardless of the way I felt, and you know what happened. They so appreciated it that what rose up from me was philea, love, that love that has a feeling. They began to say to me, I love you, and hug me and kiss me. What it did in me was to generate that kind of feeling for them. If you want to have a love that has feelings in your life, practice agape love. Seek the welfare and benefits of others regardless of how you feel. This will generate a love that has feelings. You know, so many times in ministry, Brian and I have seen it again and again and again. We will have people come and sit here and they'll sit here and scowl the whole time. 
And I have no doubt that they're sent here, not by God, not to you know, do anything but cause problems. Because this, Satan will send people to church. He will try to cause division. He will try to cause problems. But God. When they walk into a church where God is there, God is stronger every time. And you walk into Boomerang and you're greeted with love. That is something where with every visitor we have, even the ones who say, I don't feel like this is home, and that's okay because everybody has a place. But even the ones that don't stay have one common thing to say. I've never felt the love of God so much as when I walked into Boomerang Church. You know, and so we'll see people sitting here scowling and, you know, with whatever intent they have. And by the end of it, it they almost look like a completely different person. Because you'll watch the love of God and the word of God go in. And it's like that chisel video that we saw with skit guys. You know, he just chisels off a little piece at a time. The word of God and the love of God can soften the hardest hearts can fix the biggest problems, can repair the worst marriages. Amen. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they're sitting there crying, and you know they've got their spouse who's got different bondages and addictions, and the lady was like, I can't take it anymore. My nerves can't take it. I can't watch him kill himself. I just, I don't love him like I used to. And I looked at her, and I was like, if you don't love him, why are you crying? And she had to turn away because she knew she loved him. And so I started to talk to her about the love of God. What would the love of God do? What would the love of God tell you to do? I said, do this. We have seen so many marriages time and time again that have been on the verge of divorce. Like they hated each other. And one of them decided to start implementing love. Because you think about a race. It's not a race if somebody doesn't start running. Well, the same thing happens with love somebody's got to start. So whatever issue you've got in life, I don't care what it is, I don't care how big, how small, just start putting love in it. Be it issues at work, issues with a spouse, issues with you know, a friend, issues with yourself. You ask yourself, what would love do? What would God do? God is love. So what would God do in this situation? I guarantee Every time, 100% of the time, when you initiate love in that situation, when you start walking in the love of God, that situation will start to change. Some will happen just like that. Some will need to be chiseled, and it'll take a while. But love will work every time. It's, it has no language, no time, no limits, no bounds, nothing. Love will work every time. So we've got some discipleship questions, and I'm going to read them, and we can answer them together. Um, read 1 John 5, 3. God's love is shown through, it says, little children. Or it doesn't. It says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So we sh God's love is shown through his commandments. commandments. Two says, read uh, Romans 13, 9 and 10. And that says, for this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then verse 10. 
says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The question is, explain how the commandments in these verses show love. Anybody got any ideas? says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Each commandment shows love by showing how we would respond to a neighbor. Romans 12, 19 through 21 says, Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 10, or sorry, 20. But if your enemy is hungry... Feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. In verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The question is, how can we love our enemies even when we don't feel like it? If you'll go back to verse 20, it tells us, if he's hungry, you feed him. If he's thirsty, you give him something to drink. We can give them something to drink. We can seek the welfare and benefit of others regardless of how we feel. You know, Be the Light has been our series all year. Every message that we've preached has touched on Be the Light. This is who we are to be. We are to be the light, and we are to be love in action. Because if we turn out every light in this room, there are no windows. It is completely dark. What happens when you light one light? Everybody can see it. And that's like I think Brian's talked about it, you know, in the military, and, you know, George can know. You don't, when you're in war, you know, it can be nighttime or something, you don't light up a cigarette. That shows a sniper right away where to aim. Because it doesn't matter how far away you are, it's completely dark, and you light up a cigarette, that light is going to be seen. This is who you are. You are that light. And whether we like it or not, we live in the darkness. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We have to remember, we don't let the world affect us. We affect the world. We change the world. We are love and action. We are light. So we can sit in the darkness every single day. It can be all around us, but we will walk out not even smelling the stench of their darkness. Not dampened one bit because we put light in action. We put love in action. And what happens is, and I love Jade's testimony. Jade had a time where she was texting me and she was just in tears and just upset. Someone was being so mean to her. I mean, just outright mean. And of course, you know, the world just like, let them have it. Because I mean, this girl was just mean. And Jade's like, I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. And so we talked about it. We talked about, you know, what is love in action. We talked about what she can do. And now I saw on Facebook the other day, they're like, oh, I love you. You're such a good friend. Thanks for being a great mentor. This girl is saying to Jade. Well, what happened? Love. That's what happened. Jade decided to shake off the darkness that was, a try that was trying to attach itself to her. And she said, you know what? Now I'm the light. By the time we got off the phone... She was like, I'm ready to go. I'm getting this. This is mine. I've conquered this. And she put love into action. And now this lady is looking to her as a mentor. And Jade is ministering to her and helping her and changing her. This is what love does. This is what you do. Because this is who you are.
Titus 2.4 So that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. What does this passage show us about love? That's right. Love is not a feeling. It is not a, oh, you make me feel so warm and fuzzy and ooey gooey. That's not love. God is love. He said nothing about the ooey gooeys and the warm and fuzzies. But we can grow in love as we continue to learn about God. As we continue to know more about God, we continue to learn about love. We can learn it. We can teach it. And the lesson in that is don't ever give up on someone. Because the hardest heart can be changed just by teaching them. And we can teach them without ever saying much of anything with our actions. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, Love is patient, love is kind, and it is not jealous. Love doesn't brag, and it's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. Love never fails. Describe the principle of love in detail. And the answer is, and this is a long answer, so I'll just tell you. I mean, it basically just goes back and it rereads it. Love is kind and patient, not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. It's not selfish or quick-tempered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongdoings. Love rejoices in the truth, but not in evil. Love is always supportive, loyal, hopeful, and trusting. Love never fails. Love doesn't rejoice in, you know, Jade easily could have watched this girl, not mentored her, not helped her, and watched her gone down the tubes. Watched her lose her job, not be able to provide for herself or if she has a family. And what the world would have done is <laughs> mess with me. That's what you get. But love doesn't rejoice in that. Love doesn't say, you know, well, you got what you deserved. There's been so many times that people have come against, you know, Brian and I, and that's going to happen in ministry. People will come against you because you're representing the King of Kings. It has nothing to do with you. It's all about him. And people will come against us. But here's the thing. You don't come against God's anointed. And I don't mean Brian. I mean you as well. Because God is the one who will watch after you. All you have to do is walk in love. We've got a friend who's a pastor out that way. That way. Salisbury area somewhere. Anyway, they were making a deal for some land. And they had the contract. Everything was in the works. Well, the people selling it got a whisper, you can get more money from these people. So they tore up the contract and went elsewhere to try to get more money. And our friend said, all right. So he went looking and he found a beautiful spread of land, more acres, just prime, beautiful, better deal. He's got it. It's in the works. We saw where they were laying the ground, working everything for it as we were driving by yesterday. What happened to Joe Schmo? Not only did he not get more money, his deal fell through. You don't have to worry about vengeance. The only thing you need to do is love. 
You trust in God that he's got your back, that he is, he is your protector, he is your restorer, and if vengeance is needed, he'll take care of it. But what you do is you continue sowing love. You know, our friend just continues loving on the people, loving on the guy. And we don't know. I mean, there may be one day that that guy walks into church and is able to receive Christ because our friend didn't get offended. He didn't, you know, blow up and say, we've got a contract. I'm legally forcing you to do this. He walked in love, grace, and humility, and that'll preach. 1 John 3.18 Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. How do we practice love? Yep. Let us love not only with our words, but also with actions. It's kind of like what I was saying in the beginning. I can, you know, I can give my kids all the gifts in the world. I can do the grandest things for them, you know, lay them up at this big old college, you know, nest egg or whatever. But if I never hug them, if I never smile at them, if I never rejoice with them when they get a hundred on a test, if I never get excited because they shoot three arrows in the target this weekend, I'm not loving them. I'm giving them a payoff. You know, here, take this, get out of my way. And I can say, I love you. And walk away. But love is action. We can say we love God all day long. We can say that we love his people all day long. But what are our actions saying? When we go to work on Monday, what do our actions tell our coworkers? They don't need to know you go to Boomerang Church. They don't need to know anything. Do your actions tell them this is a child of God? You know, I don't, I dress, usually don't dress in t-shirts and jeans a whole lot at work. I do sometimes, but typically I don't wear, you know, boomerang tattooed all over my chest or, you know, on my jeans and you don't know, have a big flashing light. I go to church. I go to church. You know? But do my coworkers know that I love Jesus because of my actions? Do they feel that they can come to me when they need counsel? Because I'm constantly walking in the love of God and the word of God? Or are they surprised? She's a pastor's wife? Mm. What church was that? Make sure I never go. Love is an action as well as words. We've got to put action to it. Otherwise, it's futile. They're empty words. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that not only did you tell us that you loved us, but you provided action with the words. Thank you, Lord, for your son. Thank you for loving us so much that you gave him for us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much each and every day that you were constantly providing for us, nurturing us, loving us, comforting us, leading us to triumph in every way. And Father, we thank you that because of all the love that you have poured into us, we are able to overflow your love onto others. And so Father, we ask you for the wisdom. Help us to see with your eyes and to love with your love. Help us to know what your children need, what those around us need. Help us to know what we need so that we can glorify you in everything, so that our actions can line up with our words, so that we can be your love in action in everything that we do. 
So that even when we are around people that don't speak our language, they can feel your presence. They can see you upon us and be drawn to us so that we can point them to you. Thank you, Father, that we are your love in action every day in every situation be it light be it dark we will shine your love and we praise you for it lord thank you for the wisdom to know it the faith to stand and walk in it no matter how we feel and thank you lord that there is not a second of any day that you are not constantly pouring more of your love into us and we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.